Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. How are you doing? I had the most incredible experience of my life last night. I was at the last show of the Eras Tour in Los Angeles, and it was amazing. And I'm actually really surprised that I still have a voice because I sang every song at the top of my lungs, and there was proof of that on my Instagram. I actually made a highlight because it's just, it's so much. It's its everything. And if you're not a Swifty, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But if you are a Swifty, you will love it, and you should definitely check it out. It was so amazing. I just, I know some of you are nodding your heads right now because you're like, yeah, yeah, like we already, we, we went, we already did this. Roberta, you're very late to this party, but oh my God, it just, I, I, I can't, I can't even, like I can't even begin to explain how incredible that show was. She put on a three and a half hour show. We decided to drive home that night because we had gone up the night before to stay with some friends so that we could be at the show early. And I just wanted to get home into my own bed. You know how, you know what I mean? So we decided to leave after the show. We didn't even get home until 3.30 in the morning. It was one of those things. I woke up with a Taylor hangover and I didn't even drink. So it was just an incredible night of music. I will never, never forget that. I have seen some incredible shows. And I'm telling you right now, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour blew them all out of the water. Like not even, not even close. It, incredible. Just wow. <laughs> anyway, but enough about the Eras Tour. Let's get back to the podcast. That's why you're here. This episode is great. It is hilarious. There aren't any trigger warnings, really. It is just a fun episode. We talk to a self-proclaimed MLM addict in recovery and all of the MLMs that she joined and all of the MLMs that she bought from. And it's just a really funny episode. We've got to break up the really hardcore episodes with some funny ones. And this episode with Cindy is perfect for that. (laughs) Although I will say, while not actually a trigger warning, it's more of a content warning. Maybe don't eat food while you're listening to this. (laughs) Because there's just some... (laughs) you'll see. And there's also a content warning in the episode when that part comes up that lets you know that maybe you should stop eating. (laughs) That's what you're doing. It's funny. You guys are going to love it. I also want to welcome our newest Hunbot Slayer to the Patreon, Whitney James. Welcome. Uh, And the only other thing that I want to bring up, and it's only because I got so many messages this past week, and it was really, I've seen this, I've gotten messages before, but it's really sporadic. But this week... I I probably got 15 messages about this. And they were messages from new followers, messages from people who had never messaged me before, messages from people who message me all the time. And they were all asking me about master resale rights. So I'm looking into it. I'm aware. I, I had looked into it before. It's definitely weird and scammy and concerning. Um, And so I'm going to be digging into it. I'm not sure if I'm going to do an episode unless maybe somebody listening right now 
purchased master resell rights and wants to talk about it. Uh, other than that, I'm just going to dig in. I have some screenshots. I'm going to make some videos. Stay tuned uh, this coming week for that. And um, let's get to the bottom of that because I don't like... <sighs> I know we've talked about like the coaching coaches to coach stuff before, and this falls right into that, except it's like coursing courses to course. Do you know what I mean? It's, it seems really shady. So again, if you have experience with this, if you purchased it, if you were part of it, if you know more than I do, hit me up, we can make an episode or we can make some content. I want to get to the bottom of this, but without any further ado, enjoy this episode and I'll see you next week. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. We're talking about MLM addiction today, and we have a self-proclaimed MLM addict in recovery here to talk to us. I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show, Cindy Adams. It's nice to have you. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much. I am good. I am very thankful and grateful that you are taking your time to talk to me. I'm excited. You know, just sometimes people like send me messages and there are things, and I, I wish I could tell every single story and hopefully one day I can get to everybody. But sometimes there's just little things that just catch my eye. And you were like, oh, I have a story from this time with Amway when I was like a teenager and that kind of stuff where, because mm -hmm. this year I'm focusing so much on children and the exploitation of them and how they get targeted for certain things. And it just, it seemed like it fit really well. And everybody loves an Amway story because I don't know, they're the gift that keeps on giving and everybody can see themselves in these wild Amway stories, but Amway wasn't even your main MLM. So we're going to get into all of your MLM journeys. We're going to let you sort of dictate and guide where we go on this, but um, let's start from the beginning, whatever you deem is the beginning. I mean, I have a history. Um, it's an MLM history. It's also a cult history. We talked a little bit about my time in a, in a Pentecostal church. It's sort of been like the theme of my life that I'm finally now realizing some of this is me. Some of this is my personality. And I want to figure out, you know, where it all went wrong. And hopefully we'll never get sucked in again. But I'm very, I would say like my naivete and my gullibility as a youngster was was pretty high. I still catch myself falling prey to it. But I guess my first exposure to MLM, and I didn't even know it was MLM at the time, was Amway. And that's when I was about 14, 15. My friend's mother was in it. And she took us, I don't even know how it came about. She just randomly thought it would as a good idea for the two of us to go to a meeting together. And I mean, this is going back many, many years. But what I do remember was being in this big room with many people, shoulder to shoulder. And at one point, we were holding hands. So I as a 14, 15 year old was holding hands with I know one was a male, I can't remember who was on my other side. But we were all asked, we were instructed to to hold hands. It was like a kumbaya moment. Yeah, I was just like thinking like it's very churchy kumbaya kind of. Uh -huh. Wow. Very strange. And then we went to, I don't know who this woman was. She was an older woman. I remember she was well-dressed, well put together, had beautiful jewelry. And she was like, I noticed that you guys are looking at my rings. Do you love this ring? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Like now I'd be like, no, it's gaudy and it's horrible and it's ugly. But then I was like, you know, I, I just, can I segue for two minutes? I just want to say that yeah. um, 
my dad unfortunately passed away when I was 25. I wish he was around a lot longer in my life because I don't think I would have been prey for these predators. But he told me from a very young age, he could see that I was very fascinated by and if you held a shiny light and you're like, come over here, like there's something special for you over here, I would go. Like I would go with a stranger if they had candy. And he gave me a bookmark one time and the bookmark said, all that glitters is not gold. And I remember him taking me to the side and saying, I bought this for you, Cindy, because I really think it's something that I want you to remember that just because something is shiny and pretty, it doesn't mean that it, that it is. I mean, it was little at the time, but that is a very vivid memory. So, you know, I think of my time in MLMs and they're all glittery, they're all shiny. And that's what I was attracted to. And so going back to the, to the Amway lady, she said, if you want these things, we have an opportunity for you. And at that time, the opportunity was selling $1,000 vacuums door to door over 30 years ago. The Amway vacuums. Yes. And I was like, Mm. no one is going to spend. I can't do that. Like I just, I stopped myself in my tracks. I said like, I can't do that. It's not, I'm not doing that. So that was kind of the beginning and the end of that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know I mentioned it to you, but I'm going to mention it here because I need people to hold me accountable to make sure that I actually get this story out on the show. But I know somebody that knows more about the Amway vacuum story and scandal and like subsequent lawsuit and I need I need to email him and have him come on the show but there's like a there's a juicy story there with the Amway vacuums and it's interesting that (laughs) you're the first person that's mentioned it aside from him to me so that was a very interesting like oh wait a second Mm -hmm. I've heard of this before another puzzle piece has been placed into the puzzle vacuums yeah pans you know that was all big in the 90s (laughs) shilling these things and yeah so you told Uh, me that you're from Ontario Canada which is very close to Michigan right across the the lake right Yeah, yeah and so was that a factor with Amway because Amway's from Michigan did you notice there were a lot of people in your town that were into Amway because of that or was that just sort of a one-off as far as I know it was a one-off Like we did attend a meeting, obviously, that was in Ontario and close to my hometown of Dorchester. But um, I mean, there were a lot of people there. I actually didn't know that about Amway. So I just knew that her mom was a part of it. And I knew she had a lot of products, like a lot of uh, skincare and stuff then, too. But for some reason, they thought it might be a good idea for her and I as 14, 15 year olds to to go and, and sell vacuums door to door. I was like, it sounds like a great idea. Vacuum. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. They were trying to convince me. I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, nobody knows more about vacuums than 14 and 15 year old girls. (laughs) I know it's ludicrous. Like, how did I not? It was weird. And then I moved on to many, many other MLMs. (laughs) Right. So let's talk about that. You're a self-proclaimed MLM addict in recovery. Yeah. When when did you get your first taste? I know I know you didn't join for a while and we'll get there, but mm. where did you get sort of your first taste of like the MLM party and the product and the whole hullabaloo? Yeah, so I started as probably a later teenager too. I was definitely still a you know, a late teen. I am like a chronic party addict. Like I've definitely I've got a list. I added to the list since we talked. I was adding. I still don't have everything, Roberta. Like I'm a, I'm an addict. Somebody stop me from going to these fucking parties, please. So yeah, I, I would go to, let's see, would have you heard of Fantasia? I went to Fantasia parties. That was really big. They're no. like a, like a pure romance. 
Okay. Right? More MLM dildo companies? Jesus Christ. So, I mean, no shade on the companies, but like there's like, I think that's like the fourth or fifth one I've heard of. That just seems... Yeah, I don't know if it exists anymore. I don't know anything about it. So like Fantasia parties, Party Light was a big one for me too. I had a friend of mine, we went to a hotel and there was a meeting, like again, similar to Amway. And this was talking about gemstones. And I, w- I was so excited. Do you know which one I'm talking? I don't even Maybe know. Maybe Touchstone Crystals. That's like a Swarovski one. They told you like you could go to like, a, like, I don't know what you guys have there for jewelry stores. And like, you can have their gemologist like authenticate these and you could, I don't know what it was. I was, but I told my husband, I was so excited. Right. And then the next couple of days, my friend was like, you know what? Never mind. I found out it's a scam. Forget about it. <laughs> like, oh, it reminds me of like the ring bomb parties that you'll see on social media. People ask me about this all the time. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to look into it. And it is, it's an MLM. And if anybody was a part of it and wants to tell their stories, hit me up. But yeah, it's like you buy this little thing and then they fizz it in the water and out pops a ring. You just pick your size, mm. right? And it could be just a basic like stone. It could just be like aquamarine or something like that. But it could be a precious gemstone, a diamond. You could get a diamond. So they have that yeah. too. And like you can get it appraised and we've appraised it at this, but you can also go. So they're still doing that. They're just yeah. packing it in like sodium bicarbonate, <laughs> making people fizz it out first. And how? There's also one where there's like a ring in tinfoil and it's at the bottom of a candle and you have to like burn the candle down and then fish mm-hmm. out your ring. Again, yeah, that those. could be a real gemstone as well. Oh, you, you've done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it wasn't an MLM. It was just like, uh, like charmed aroma. Like my, my daughter loved them. I got them for her for Christmas a couple of times. Yeah. So there's an MLM that does it too. Awesome. There's an MLM for everything. I'm not interested. No, thank you. No more Roberta. It's got to fucking stop sometime. <laughs> I don't want what you're selling. <laughs> But it's, it's going to save your life and make everything amazing and change everything about everything you hate to be about what you love. It's perfect. It's magic. You have to buy it. I need to pay my rent this month. You have to buy it. (laughs) I mean, where do I start? Where do I, (laughs) where do I stop? Right. So you went to gemstone parties. Yeah. And that was around the time that I started that Pentecostal. It was, you know, that Christianity going to church all the time, born again, Christian. That was some weird shit that happened there too. Pampered Chef was also a part of my life too. Wait, wait, hold on. You're just yeah. like breeze right on past the Pentecostal oh, cult that you joined. Okay, like, yeah. And then okay. I joined Pampered Chef too. Um, right. So how old were you when you decided to become a born again Christian? Uh, this is late teens. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were like, I'm going to jump on the straight and narrow. I'm yeah, gonna well, be a good girl from here on out joining this Pentecostal church and I'm going to be saved. I don't know if you know, but there's a lot of parallels between MLMs and cults. What? No. <laughs> so- yeah. One was religious. One was commercial. Yeah. I did decide because my husband's mother at the time was devout. And was a churchgoer and would hold meetings at her house. And, you know, my boyfriend, now husband, obviously lived there at the time, was exposed to it, decides he wants to become a born again Christian. We get baptized and then like the weird shit happens, right? We go to church and we see all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. Like we see people speaking in tongues and fainting on the floor 
and I hook, line and sink. I was like, I'm devoted to the Lord. Now this is who I am. My sins are forgiven, you know, met some wonderful people, but then you see the, the other side. Absolutely. So you're in this Pentecostal religion, born again, Christian with your boyfriend at the time, now husband, you're living Mm -hmm. this life Mm -hmm. from an early age, late teens, right? And you're doing all these MLMs, you're having all these parties. Now, were there a lot of people in the church having these parties too? And so there was like that encouragement or was this was on your own, completely independent? No, on, my, on my own, completely independent. Yeah. And what sort of drove you to continue to go to these parties and buy things and support them? So I think part of it was part of it was my upbringing. And I think a lot of it, though, was just my personality. I, I just heard in one of your interviews I was listening to in your podcast, I believe it was Ryan uh, oh, McKnight yeah. talking oh, about yeah. sympathy bias. Okay, well, you might as well put my picture next to that definition in the dictionary, because if you wanted help, you wanted me to come to your party, like I'm there. But also my personality is like, I want to be social. I want to have a good time. My upbringing was not a, it was not a loving, warm, kind, caring environment that I really grew up in. So I think I kind of longed for that as I, as I grew older and sort of being around people that enjoyed my company. I enjoyed theirs. I had a good time. There was free food. There was, you know, like you'd go home with like a six pack of votive candles. Like that was rewarding to me. And like you say over and over again, I hear you say it was, it's, I didn't realize it though until recently is a dopamine hit, right? Yeah. That's like, man, like I get to have fun. I get to party. I get to socialize and I get a free thing or I get put into a draw and I win something. Cindy, you could be really good at this business and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, I fell for that, you know, three times in my other businesses that we'll talk about. I didn't know really the term MLM or network marketing until much, much later. Right. You were just going to home-based parties to support your friends. I thought they were businesses. Right. It's like, it's a franchise. Just like my friend has one and my other friend has one. And we're just all going to support all the friends and buy all the lipsticks. Put zero thought into it. Right. Zero thought. The thought was, I'm going to have a good time. I'm supporting my friend. That's it. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. I think most of us got brought into MLM that way is just supporting a friend. Hey, I'm doing this fundraiser for this, or I'm trying this out. Or if you bring a friend, you can get a free thing, get another entry into the drawing. And then even with home parties, and we're talking even before the internet with all the home parties actually showing up, now you're having interaction with people. You're meeting new people. You're meeting friends of friends who are potential new friends where you could have girls nights out with people you get right. along with. You're yeah. having food and snacks. Mm-hmm. Love it, it. Maybe some wine. Yeah. And you get to go home with maybe a prize and a couple things you bought. And it's exciting and it's fun. Totally. This is before online, remember, right? This is before the internet. Absolutely. I mean, now it's so easy with so many things with the internet. The internet. You know, there's like so many evils, but like some of the good of the internet is like, it does bring a lot of us together to say, Hey, that happened to me too. And we're able to sort of like, again, place these pieces of the puzzle in this missing picture and start going, Oh, that connects that too. That's how it was like this as well. And I think all of us talking and all of us sharing our stories really is creating just a lot of open communication for people to not be afraid and to be able to say, hey, I did that too. But also at the same time, being on the internet, we're able to see the scams. So what looks like an innocuous party at Cindy's house to make scrapbooking pages online 
looks very formulaic because you're like, wait a second. I just was at a party where the lady said the exact same thing. Like you're saying the same thing. You're having the same party. You're doing the same. We're seeing it more repetitive and robotic because online you're able to reach so many more people yeah, and it's opening up our eyes to what we were a part of back then too. It was a lot more covert back then. I think for everybody involved, I don't think as many people really understood until the internet kind of jumped in and took on. But anyway, I digress. Continue. But what you knew and understood and what was interesting was like, you know, this person says this is a good product. You should come. You should see. It's like it all traveled by word of mouth. It's like, yeah, I want to know what that's all about. Sure. Why not? I mean, I'm not risking anything by going. Right. It was like, oh my gosh, cute nails. Oh, there's stickers. I'm having a party next week. Or, oh my gosh, your teeth are so white. What are you doing? Oh, there's this new toothpaste I'm trying. I'm having a party next week. It was like that. It really was. It wasn't as hun body as it is now. So what were some of your favorite parties to attend that like, if you knew someone was having like a specific party, you're like, oh, I'm there. I loved party light parties. I loved pampered chef parties because I'm like, oh, I'm going to get some good food. (laughs) (laughs) gonna be some good eats there yeah but i you know i loved all of them but i I would probably say yeah party light and pampered chef i was really hooked on and how many party light and pampered chef items did you end up buying across your mlm buying career it is insurmountable the mlm things that I have in my home. Now, that being said, I'm working towards becoming a minimalist. I also don't waste things. So until it breaks, I'm not going to replace or, you know, just throw it out. But a a lot, a lot. I have a lot. And people bought them as gifts. Like my, I went to a pampered chef party at my mother-in-law's house before she was my mother-in-law. And she's like, you like that? Like, you know, I'll buy it for you. Give it as a gift. It was like uh, one of my husband's cousins that was selling it. So it was like, yeah, they knew what I wanted. Like circle what you want. You can give it as gifts. And yeah, it's so much stuff. I, I literally have in boxes party light stuff that I bought in the early 2000s, late 90s, for sure. My mom would do that. And she would give me the catalog and say, she'd be like, hey, I'm doing Christmas shopping. This is my friend's jewelry company or my friend's candle company. Circle a couple things that you might like. Yes, I will circle this ring. That's cute. Ooh, that's a cute necklace. Christmas, I'm getting all this MLM jewelry that my mom was like, well, I just buy everything you circled. I'm like, oh, I was trying to give you like a range of things to choose from. Cool. All the things. This hun probably very much appreciated that. Can I just say also, I have never heard until very recently the term hun bot and hun bro. That's the fucking best. I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely a hun bot in my life. There was at least maybe one or two hun bot posts I made. 100%. I take full responsibility. (laughs) And you know a hun bro. You know, they ask you what color your Bugatti is and they tell you that crypto's the way. You know what I mean? You know, we all know who they are. The person you're thinking about right now, that's that's them. You know, everybody knows. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot 
say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Oh God, I'm so cringy and embarrassed. And if I can tell these stories and just if one person is like, wow, you know what? I've done those things too. Yeah, I've done those things and it's awful and it's embarrassing, but here I am and I'm on the other side. Another one that I heard, uh, shout out to April Murphy, who you, I think it was January of this year. I was laughing, laughing along with you guys. She just kept fucking joining. I'm like, April, I feel you, girl. I'm there. Yeah, quite a bit of kidnapping going on. Yeah. Uh, you told me that you were also a kidnapper. Before we get into your like MLM story, let's talk about some of the MLMs that you kidnapped from. So I was in three. I was in ACN. I was in Norwex and I was in Melaleuca. Maybe there's another one or two. I don't remember. Those are the three mains. I would say though, Melaleuca, I did try, quote unquote, try I thought I could make a business of it. And then that didn't end up flying. So I was just like, okay, I'll just, at the time that I joined, you had to order a certain amount of, they would assign points to, to items. 
And then like you had to have so many points in a month. Right. And I was like, I can't keep spending this money every month. It's ridiculous. But thank um, you right there for that confirmation, because every single Melaleuca person that responds on my years, I'm talking about multiple years old Melaleuca TikToks. I always know when someone joins Melaleuca because I get all these new comments on very old videos. And they are always like, you don't have to buy anything to stay active. But here you, okay. former Melaleuca Hun, just said that they assign points to everything and there's a required point every month, which means you have to buy product every month. If you want the discount, you can go on Melaleuca, right? They say you've got like, it's a shopping club, right? It's not an MLM wrong. It's an MLM. It's the same. They're the same across the board. But if I can go on there and I can order something, but I get an incredible discount if I am a Melaleuca distributor, whatever they call their their wraps. But I have to buy X many points every single month to get the discount. No. That's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, it's so again, I and I joined because I was helping a friend. I didn't even know what I was getting into, Roberta. Like I didn't know what I was getting into. Like in any of these, I was just like, help a friend or I like the products or yeah, I can use all purpose cleaner. Sure, whatever. And I was like, no, th- I don't like this. This is ridiculous. This is yeah. the funny thing about Melaleuca and something that I noticed very quickly because my former in-laws were Melaleuca wellness agents or whatever they call themselves. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that to get the discount, which is the whole reason people sign up, right? Why'd you join? I joined with the discount. So to get the discount, you have to spend the money, right? You have to pay to play to get the discount. Yes. hundred percent on cleaner. Okay. Cleaner. And how much approximately like a month would that purchase? Is it like a hundred dollars or like, what would a monthly purchase be? Oh, well, we're going back like years. So, I mean, everything's just jumped in price so exponentially, but so this would have been, Melaleuca was after ACN. So maybe 17, 18, even maybe like at that time it was, I was probably spending uh, 40 bucks a month. It was an extra 40 bucks a month to come out of my account on the regular. And the thing is with Melaleuca, like they're concentrated cleaners, a small bottle. I'm like, oh my God, I still, Roberta, I still have cleaner. I still have fucking cleaner. Right. And that, so that was my point, them. right? So yeah. you're buying and we'll just, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And for inflation, we'll just go up $10 and we'll just say $50 a month. I've heard yeah. people say that it's like even up to closer to 90, but we're just going to say 50. I did 50. spend that, but I tried to stay close to the minimum. Even $50 a month as the minimum. Yeah. Yes. That's a lot of cleaner for something that's like 60 times concentrated or whatever they say it is. They're selling concentrated cleanser in this little bottle and you just add like a capful and then you fill it with water or whatever, right? Yeah. So you don't need to buy it every month. It, yeah. A little bottle would last you months and months and months. Mm-hmm. So you're buying toothpaste, which their toothpaste was horrible. I don't, I can't even tell you how much toothpaste, Melaleuca toothpaste was in like stockings and like, here, here's a box of toothpaste we can't use because we have to buy $50 worth of this a month. Yeah. I mean, we were getting all of the overflow of everything. So it's just, it's wild to me that you have to spend $50 a month on like super concentrated cleaner that lasts forever. I mean, $50 a month on cleaners a lot. I know there's other things, but still the point here is that it's a scam. That's my point. (laughs) And for anyone listening, 
you don't need anything that MLM is selling, period. End of story. There are so many dupes to so many. And like you even said, Norwex, right? I was, I was a kidnapper. Norwex too. I had parties. I did well at the parties and I got a shit ton of free stuff. So So many dupes for good, like cleaning products. Like I loved when I was in MLM, I loved the cleansing paste from Norwex. It was like, I love that, you know, that grit to get that hard stuck whatever off i also love barkeeper's friend which is fantastic and i also love the pink stuff which is just great too so like there's two options i can literally go to the store and get it right now i don't have to find a rep i don't have to join for a discount i don't have to wait two weeks for my order to come in i could just go to the store right now and get comparable dupes for less yes Yes. Also yeah. the whole, the Norwex thing. I think that everybody, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this really quick and then we'll go into ACN because that's where like the juicy stuff is, but let's talk <laughs> about the raw chicken breast and the Norwex counter mm. test that mm. you see anybody who's ever seen Norwex, which is a cleaning company, like a cleanse, they sell mops and rags and cleansers and everything. So anybody who's seen a Norwex ad on their social media, they know they've seen the hun take the chicken. They say the Norwex cloth is so great. You don't need anything but water to clean. And they take a raw chicken breast and they just like slap it all over their counter. And then they just wipe it up with water and they're like Norwex. So let's talk about that. Cause that grosses me out to just no end. Like, yeah. Why are you putting raw chicken like on your counter? Just why stop? You're wasting chicken. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they encouraged that. Yeah. And they also really encouraged, um, do you know about the butter on the window mirror kind of thing too? They do that. Butter on the window? We're wasting butter now too? 100%. We're wasting really expensive (laughs) grocery items to demonstrate. Yeah. So the chicken gross. I never did it. I never, honestly, like I watched some videos and I was like, because I was really skeptical, Roberta. And I'm like, if I'm ever going to have a in-home party and I'm going to be showing this to people, I got to really know, you know, be able to, to prove and to say, right. And there was just so much stuff out there that was to the contrary. And I was like, no, no, if chicken touches my kitchen counter, I am wiping it with like a Lysol wipe or something, right? So that it doesn't contaminate the other food that we're prepping on there. I would never and have never done that or shown that to anybody. They do tout it and no. But the butter thing I was talking about, they basically smear butter on the, on a mirror or a mirrored surface. And then you take the microfiber cloth, right? A damp microfiber cloth. And then you take the window cloth and see how shiny and streak free. That's another thing. Like there are so many ridiculous, like Bill Nye, the science guy type experiments that like these poor people are doing on social media to like prove the efficacy of their scam. And it's just, it's a wild ride. And I know this because (laughs) I've done it and I've seen myself and I've cringed and I've been like, oh my God. And then to see other people doing it, knowing that I know better. I know. I I know. I just like, oh. Being on the um, other side is, is like anyone that wants to leave eventually, please come to the cringy side. It's not the dark side. It's the cringy side. It's it's much better over here. If you can laugh at yourself, <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> I but mean, uh, the amount of <laughs> just like, I just think back to like when I was in It Works because that's the cringiest <laughs> time of my life and like buying all the things to like demonstrations 
like the pill crusher. And like, I, I had specific scissors, like just so stupid. I would have little taste testers. So I had like, you know, a little bit of everything. And so I could serve it at all the different, ah, man, I just, I'm so, mm, I'm so glad I'm not in an MLM anymore. <laughs> Me too, sister. That makes two of us. <laughs> so let's talk about the MLM that got you. Mm-hmm. ACN. Mm-hmm. And ACN has come up on the show before. You guys can head back all the way to the beginning if you want to remember back in the dark ages of life after MLM in season one, year one, with Russ Nielsen. <laughs> when he took that culty van trip to go watch Donald Trump speak. And if you guys have heard that episode, everyone's like, oh, yeah, right there. So that's the same MLM. And we haven't talked about it since 2021. And uh, so when Cindy was like, oh, my MLM was ACN, I was like, oh, yes, this is another one. Mm-hmm. I'd love to compare stories like this, too. So you also have a culty MLM ACN Donald Trump story, too. Yeah. And a female in ACN, like that is a male dominated network marketing company. That's another great point because most of the times the male dominated ones, we speak to males. So this is going to be interesting. All right. Walk us through why you joined ACN and uh, how that all happened. I joined ACN because my closest friend, my best friend, who is still my closest friend and best friend, her mother was in it, was doing well. And was getting very excited and I was invited along for the ride. You talk a lot about people being vulnerable when they join network marketing companies. I wasn't like destitute or or desperate for money. I joined because of my personality. I wanted to help my friend. My friend's mom was excited. People I trust, right? And I thought, you know, why not? If she's doing well, who couldn't use an extra few hundred dollars a month? rhetorical question classic with every MLM. Why not? My husband and I were both working. We were in good places in our lives. And I joined because I wanted to help a friend. I enjoyed helping people. Like I said, it's my it's my theme. That's my thing. I wanted to make a little extra money. And the other thing that was extremely enticing is that I didn't have to sell product. That was one of the things that was toted in a lot of the meetings that I went to is like these other MLMs, you have to buy product and stock your garage. And you know, you have to buy the product and then sell the product to somebody else, or you have to continue with ACN. You don't it's service based. I'm like, this is what I have been looking for. It was like a piece of the puzzle was put together. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Amazing. So I can receive residual income off of a service that somebody signs up for me or someone underneath me signs up for, and I never have to go back to that person again. They just keep paying their bill. Mm, I see. So for everybody listening who is not familiar with ACN, can you tell us what services they sell and provide? Mm -hmm. So American Communications Network, uh, they've been around since I think 1993. They are a telecommunications provider. So for us in Canada at the time, they were offering like electricity, video phone, right? This is before Zoom and all that, like phone, internet, yeah, those kinds of services. Oh, and they came out with just as I, well, not just as I was leaving, I, I left shortly after they also offered a point of sale services. So if you knew a business, a legitimate 
business owner, someone with a storefront that had franchises, you could offer them a point of sale system and you're making a certain percentage off of each of their credit card charges. So that was a big thing for the company as well. But their huge, huge thing when I was in was the video phone, the phone and the internet bundle package. I mean, it's funny to think back to a time where you couldn't FaceTime somebody or hop on a Zoom call or talk like we are right now. I know everybody's listening to this as a podcast, but like we're looking at each other like very Jetsons. I remember as a kid watching the Jetsons and being like, oh my gosh, they can see each other when they talk on the phone, like very space age, very like futuristic. And so at a time where video calling was not the norm as it is now, where everybody can hop on a voice call, like in the back of their pocket, providing a service like this probably was very, for you at least, could be a pretty good lucrative business if you could get enough people interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Video phones. And you had to, you bought the video phone. So it was like yeah. a separate phone mm-hmm. that had video calling capabilities that only, it was like an ACN product. Yes. And how well did those sell? Or did you not even, was that not something that you sold? I don't even think I sold one. Did anybody seem interested in getting them? No. I mean, there was a few people that had them. Yes. Like some of the reps that, you know, had, had been in before me or just shortly before me. Yeah. They were like, got to be a product of the product to get your video phones. And I was, I wasn't interested in getting anything like that. I wasn't interested in that at all. So um, you're telling me you know, that the majority of users of the video phones were the sellers of the video phones. Yeah. Is that a, yeah. it's a big theme. And <laughs> it's a big theme. <laughs> big theme in the industry. And your cousin, you're signing up your cousin for their phone internet bundle. So send them a video phone, get them to use the tech and how amazing it is. But we kind of shifted away from that shortly after I joined. And it really was all about here in Canada. Anyways, I know it's a little bit different in the States. Like you have a lot of options for like cellular service. We, we don't have, there's a big monopoly, right? There's not a lot of options here providers wise. So our focus is really on phone internet bundles. We had like a strive for five program. They encouraged us to sign up five people and our service would be free. And then if they signed up five people, their service would be free, like for life. Yeah. But then yeah, things changed and whatever. It was awful. Yeah. Whatever. What was like the most popular service that you sold? I definitely phone internet, but then a lot of people started getting rid of their home phones and getting cell phones. And at the time we didn't have, uh, like if I had a network of American friends, I could sell them, like have them sign up for their cell service for a new, like a cell provider. But I, we didn't have that here. So then it shifted to just internet. Like most of my people were internet. Some had phone and internet, but it was all internet, internet, internet. It became really because you've got the technical infrastructure, right? Like you've got the hardware that, that uh, like one of the big companies owns. And then when you have this deregulation, companies like ACN can come in and say, okay, you can sell this, right? But it was a technical nightmare. Technicians wouldn't show up. I was fielding calls at all hours of the day, weekends. It was, Roberta, it was awful. Like I, any free time I had, people were contacting me. This, this was happening. This, I would have to contact my upline. Like so-and-so doesn't want to join now because they're having, their internet isn't hooked up. They said they would be here. And, uh, oh, it's a nightmare. Wow. It's just like so much micromanaging. 
And this is also at the time where iPhones are becoming very commonplace. Whereas before, you know, like in the early 2000s, well, I guess the late 2000s when iPhone came out, they were at a price point that not a lot of people had them. But in the 2010s, iPhones became a lot more affordable. They started coming out with different versions of it, smaller memory and, and storage and things like that. And most of these have phone capability and internet capability. And you're telling me, you know, you're selling home phone. Everything is getting phased out. There's no need to have a home phone. When you can contact me, it's in my pocket. It's with me all the time. When I leave my home, you can still call me. So I don't need to have a home phone number either. Exactly. So like, I mean, people that were in the bundle, they had the bundle. Okay. But then when their contract was up, goodbye phone and then so yeah when it did really shift for me to to focus on internet because everybody has internet at home right but then that's when the issues the the technical issues you know uh, service people not showing up on time like somehow that was on me and I was like this this is so much more headache than it's worth and this is not what I thought it would be this is not what I was told it would be and it was like well, you know, Cindy, like it's hard work. You've got to work. And I'm like, like, no, no, I can't control when service people show up or don't show up at people's homes. But what my customers had in their head was Cindy's approached me on this. This is Cindy's business. I have to contact Cindy. Right. As opposed to Verizon or Cox or whatever, like home internet you might have where this salesperson, which is who you are, would make the sale and then that they're done. It's sent to the service contract. And anytime I have a problem, I'm talking to the service. I'm not talking to the sales department. I only talk to sales if I want to buy something else. So in a, an actual company with communications like that, there are specific departments. You as a rep should have never had to be fielding calls about service people, like not showing up. I mean, that's just absurd. Yeah, it was, I was just a middleman, Roberta's, that was what ended up happening. Customers would call me and I would call ACN customer care because I didn't, I was like, I will handle that for you. No problem. Let me get on the phone and waste 45 minutes to an hour of my day. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so MLM-y. It's just, it's par for the course. So you told me about a convention that you went to in Los Angeles for ACN. Let's talk about that and sort of the the horror show that it was for you. Uh, I went to one in North Carolina. I also went to one in LA. LA was the shit show though, literally. <laughs> You'll know why I'm saying that in a minute. <laughs> Content warning. Content. Don't eat anything. Stop. Eat. If you're eating, stop. That's all. We're just going to say stop. Thank you. Exactly. So this is the big one, right? Like this is where, was this the one that Donald Trump was at? I don't even fucking remember now. I went to so many of them. Side note, I also went to like a youth ministry thing. So culty. Like when I was in my Pentecostal church and I was like, man, I'm, they're the same across the board. Anyways, it was a huge auditorium, tons of people. 
this was like a huge conference, right? The LA, everyone has to go to this. If you want to succeed in your business, you have to go to this massive, massive conference. You are doing yourself a disservice if you don't go to this convention, right? So I get food poisoning two days before I'm supposed to be on a plane. I'm sick like sick. And I say to my friend, like, I don't think I can go like, I really want to go. I don't know if I can go. And, Um, and here we are talking really quick. This is not like a little two hour flight. Like you're flying from Ontario, Canada, which is above Michigan for anybody who doesn't know where Canada is specifically Ontario above Michigan area to Mm. Los Angeles, Mm. which is on the West coast, almost as South as but not quite. San Diego is the most south, but a couple hours from the border of Mexico. That's a big flight. That's a long international flight. This is not a quick flight. You are in the air for many, many hours consistently. Anyway, continue. With a bum tum. (laughs) Oh my God, just the horror I'm feeling. Like my stomach hurts already. Can please, please continue. It was the worst case of food poisoning I have ever had in my life or since. Mm-hmm. It was from a contaminated chicken that Is I it had. From your Norwex demonstration. No, I knew you were going to ask me that. I knew it. I knew what it. What kind of MLM <laughs> podcast would it be if I didn't <laughs> bring it full circle? <laughs> full circle back to the Norwex chicken. No. It was a chicken Caesar salad I had at a, I had at a mall food court near where I had worked at the time. And so obviously I have to go. Cindy, you can't not go. I'm like, okay, I'll take the meds. I'll see. Literally one of my worst nightmares is going to the bathroom on a plane. Now, I did talk to my body and I was like, listen, man, get your shit together for five hours. <laughs> It's literally, it's ridiculous. I get on the plane and luckily, luckily I did. If you can believe this, I did not have to use the bathroom once. Now, was I uncomfortable? Yes. Was I hurting? Yes. I got off the plane. I was okay for a little bit, but you know, sometimes when you're not feeling well, like especially with that kind of illness, it comes in waves. So we got back to the hotel. No, I think, I don't even know if we went to the hotel before we went to like the, you know, like there's the convention before the convention. There's the classes before the big show, right? So we went and, and I was constantly going from arena to bathroom, arena to bathroom, arena to bathroom. And I remember, you know, my upline saying like, you're missing a lot, Cindy. I'm like, I can't help it. Like, I have diarrhea. I can't sit here. I, I what have did to- she want you to do? Bring a bucket? Like, what did she want you to do? I don't know. Did she think I was making it up and I was going to the bathroom more than I needed to? Like, trust me. No. Between food poisoning and listening to whoever speak on the stage, it's going to be listening to a speaker on the stage every time. Even if it's for an MLM cult. I'd rather not have food poisoning. Thanks. And so that was a rough, rough weekend. You know, there were shenanigans at night and I missed out on that because I was so sick. I sat in a bathtub for a lot of the time. It was awful, awful. And then we, <laughs> awful. It's just, I hate to laugh, but it's, it's really funny. No, don't hate to laugh. It's hilarious. And I laugh at it all the time. It's silly. 45 year old Cindy would say if you told me Cindy you have to go to this convention I'd be like I have fucking food poisoning go 
help yourself. There's no way I'm getting on a plane. No, but the the motivation of like, I'm doing this business. I got to get on that plane. You can't be successful in your ACN business if you miss this. Donald Trump is going to be there. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. did you get to see Donald Trump's speaker? Were you in the I, I did. I did. I saw him like, he looked pretty tiny from where I was sitting. I was very, very far away. But again, remember that this was before Donald Trump was even in the running to become, this was before there were any whispers of Donald Trump becoming president. And I can fully say that I really enjoyed Mr. Trump. I enjoyed his show, The Apprentice. I went because I was like, I friggin' love this guy. I love his show. And he is a huge spokesperson for ACN. He's a billionaire. Who doesn't want to hear this guy speak? You know, they've told us, Again, you should never believe everything that your MLM tells you because that's information control. We'll get into that maybe later. Telling us, you know, he wanted to buy the company, but ACN said, no, you're not buying the company. You know, we want to keep it for our, you know, for our reps. And he had nothing but great things to say about it. So to me, it was like, here's somebody that, that I rather admire and have for a long time. And I get to see him speak in person. Like, that's crazy to me. It's awesome. Yeah. It goes back to all that glitters, right? All that glitters. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Like, absolutely. Donald Trump is, a, especially during that time, was a really good all that glitters kind of thing. You you told me this was like 2011, 2012 when you did this. And that yeah. was like the middle of The Apprentice. It was one of the hottest TV shows on TV, like the hottest show on TV. It was, everybody loved it. And Donald Trump was a reality superstar. And so, I mean, imagine who's a reality superstar now. I have no idea, but whoever it would be, maybe somebody from Vanderpump Rules that we don't all hate was speaking somewhere and people are like, oh my God, that's incredible. I really want to see them speak. I really admire them. I like the show. I like the character that they play on their show. And they're a spokesperson for the company that I work for, that I have a business with. I could completely understand in that perspective that you were like, yes, this is something that I'm striving to be a part of and wanting to go to this at all costs, even despite having really vicious, vicious food poisoning. And he legitimized the business too, right? Yes. And I believe there's a big lawsuit because of that whole legitimization of the business. Uh Donald Trump, before he was the president, was the world's largest like paid MLM speaker of all time. I think ACN paid him over $4 million to promote their products. Didn't so, know that. Yeah. I mean, I, like, again, it goes back to my, my gullibility, my naivete to me. It's like, if that's what you're telling me, he's here out of the goodness of his heart because he really believes in the company and wants us to be successful. I have no reason not to believe you. Right. That's what you're told from everybody. It's not just, it's the company, your upline, everyone around you sitting in this room with you, your uplines, upline, upline. Like he believes in us and yeah, whatever the, the rhetoric, the propaganda I realize now is all exactly that. Yeah. It's so formulaic. And I I think that's one of the things is like, I really like to talk to people that have different perspectives that have been in different cults, like also like, you know, your Pentecostal cult and like being in these and seeing the similarities, because I know that I do episodes that don't have anything to do with MLM sometime, but like at its core, like in the Venn diagram of the episode, like it's a circle. Do you know what I mean? So even though it's not like an MLM specific episode, it's like a cult episode or like a scam episode. That's like, I mean, you could change the name and it would be MLM and nobody would bat an eye. It belongs here because it's the same story. And so being able to branch out and tell these stories and these different perspectives and you saying not all that glitters is gold. 
I mean, that's the theme here that Absolutely. these religions, these personalities, these businesses, they paint themselves with this specific brush that gives them this really shiny, glittery exterior that makes Absolutely. us all go, ooh, ah, I need to know more. <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. Yes. Yes. Agreed. It really is. It's the long con. It, it You see it in other things and you're like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why so many people will send me messages and they'll be like, look at this company I found. Is it an MLM? It seems really MLM-y. And I'll look at it and I'm like, no, it's just like a scammy coach. It's not really an MLM, but it is a scammy coach. Like, you know, caveat and tour, like know this going in or they'll send me like articles about like some religious cult that just got exposed for doing something horrible. And they're like, oh my God, smells like an MLM and things like that. And it's like, that's kind of the whole point, right? Like I really want to create this understanding of like, it's a scam. It's a fraud. It's a con, whether it looks like an MLM or it looks like, you know, some fancy speaker, or it looks like a religion, or it looks like a guru or an opportunity or a wellness company or whatever it is that you're like, oh, it's so pretty and shiny. And I really like that mop. Mm, Yeah. You know, and it it doesn't have to be an MLM to feel like this. That's why I get those messages constantly. Mm. And so it's interesting for you to know these things and be like, it was, it felt very similar to my born again, Christian cult. It felt very similar to this feeling this way. And I, you flew internationally across a country, (laughs) flew across the United States with food poisoning to go see the ACN convention, to be a part of it to be there because it was so important to you. You had paid the money. You had heard, you know, the drivel of, if you're not here, you're not serious. If you're not here, you're not going to be successful. And you're like, I paid the money. I want to be successful. I need to be there. I need to show them that above all else, I take this seriously above even being viciously ill. I take this very seriously. I mean, did you have to get IVs or anything? Are you sitting up in your hotel room, just coming out both ends saying, what did I even come here for? Uh, at one point I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be sick for in another couple days. I've got to get on a plane back home. How am I going to do this? Yeah. So I, I luckily did start feeling better <laughs> after, you know, nothing was left. <laughs> and I did uh, end up, you know, touring LA, which is a, another story and a half before we left. No, luckily I wasn't needing to be hospitalized. Thank goodness. I've heard some horror stories about that kind of stuff too. Just like being so severely dehydrated because you're not sleeping and you're not eating and drinking enough. And then, you know, with with what was happening with you coupled with all of that, it could be a very dangerous recipe. So what made you finally decide to leave ACN? There had been, well, listen, like I, I, I did rank up a couple times, you know, I, I got a couple of residual checks, but I'll tell you, Roberta, I went to about three weeks ago, I went to bingo and I won more at bingo than I did in ACN ever. So, <laughs> um, I, I was starting to become a little disenchanted with like, I've worked so hard and this, I, I'm not really getting anywhere. So I kind of, I wasn't really working the business and things were actually starting to fall apart. I think there's a lot of things that I'm not privy to that I, I don't, I just don't know what happened, but there was a lot of, uh, you know, little local groups that kind of started fizzling out. I think there was some drama there. I don't know what happened, but there's, there's always drama. 
things were really starting to fizzle out. And I was like, is the like, are, like, I just, is nobody just doing this business anymore? And I, I mean, we were in, but we weren't super active. And my upline, I remember I was in the mall, my upline called and she said, Cindy, I just want you to know that, you know, I'm not doing a stand anymore. I've quit. And I was pretty shocked because she was the most excited person, you know, that I had seen in the business. And, you know, I can't speak to what happened there, but she was, I was shocked. And, uh, but she just said, you know, like, I'm just not doing it anymore. And I was like, okay. And that was that. And I thought, well, if she's not doing it anymore. You know, there goes my support. There goes, you know, our meetings aren't happening anymore. There's no, like what we call bombs, business opportunity meetings, you know, happening locally. There's nowhere for me to take people to. I wasn't really doing the business. My friend wasn't really doing the business. And so it, it just literally just sort of fizzled out. And I was like, I don't have the network to keep getting customers. You know, maybe people in America and Mexico can do this because they were blowing up in Mexico at the time. Um, wow. But I can't do this. I don't have the network that people like the, there's not enough services here. Yeah, it wasn't like a, I'm leaving today because of this bullshit. It was just honestly, uh, had I stayed in it much longer, if my upline continued, like, I don't know, Roberta, like it had already been fizzling at that point. It's interesting that it just sort of fizzled out, that yeah. everybody just sort of was like, yeah, kind of done. Yeah, yeah. kind of done. And it just fizzled out. So this is like 2012, 2013 or so. At what point in your life did you start to realize what all of these things were and started sort of like figuring it out and processing it. I joined Norwex in 2020 pandemic. Oh, okay. So Norwex you joined during the pandemic. Actually. Yeah, it was in order. It was of the ones that I joined. It was ACN, Melaleuca, Norwex. Okay. So Norwex so Roberta, was last. The fog is still lifting probably fall or late last year. I went down the rabbit hole, right? It started with Leah Remini. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Doesn't. If you don't, I judge you as a person and I don't want to talk to you ever. <laughs> so I guess we, yeah, Leah and Mike, they're phenomenal people. I mean, Leah, I've been a fan of since like King of Queens, my fucking favorite show ever. If there was a show made about my husband and I, that's it. We are 100% King of Queens. So I remember her when she first left Scientology, the magazine article that came out about her. And I, I've sort of, you know, here and there following her. And then she was really in the media a lot about speaking out. And then, you know, her podcast, listening to that. And then they sort of drew some parallels. So there were some things that were like, fog was starting to lift. I didn't honestly start to realize that it was because up until this point, I still think it's me. I failed. When I listened to you were on her podcast, Sarah yes. Edmondson and Anthony Ames Nippy were on the, her podcast. Yes. And you were on Sarah and Nippy's podcast too. Yeah. I, I've We've all done each other's podcasts, except Leah hasn't come on mine, but Mike has. Amazing. Yes. And I still have yet to listen. Like I binge everybody's podcast now. So I found you through Sarah and Leah and then when I listened to you, like, this is how I found Alonda Carter and I found James Janney and Kiki Chanel and Josie Nicoy. Like there, there's endless. And as I'm, I would say like this year is when I'm, I'm taking all this information in and holy fuck, I didn't even understand when they're saying pyramid because it's so drilled into us to say to people, 
your corporation and who you work for, if you're not self-employed, like I am now, is a pyramid. You got your CEOs, managers, and then you get the peons at the bottom, right? That's the real pyramid. But I, I didn't understand the correlation. When you say that network marketing is a pyramid scheme, it's because it is this endless chain of recruitment. And I always thought, you know, you sell the products, you get commission. No, you are getting money for recruiting. And it's disguised as a legal thing because you're getting your bonuses after recruiting and not before like an illegal pyramid scheme. Just putting this all together. And I'm like, man, I, it wasn't me. I mean, it was me that fell for it, you know, quote unquote, that went and did the things, but I didn't fail because it was like you say in your podcast, it was systemically designed for me to fail. And the alarming statistic, oh, also like reading anything John Taylor or Robert Fitzpatrick does, every, everyone needs to read that. That is mandatory reading. Should be in schools, I think. Like 99.7, 99.6 of people do not make a profit. I'm like, shit. I mean, that was me. So it was all of the things that I did and listened to after. And they are more recent for when I was like, holy shit. It wasn't me. It wasn't everyone was succeeding and I was failing. This was designed for us to fail. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is that it's also designed to make us feel guilty and keep us silent so that we don't ever talk about it. So when people go, oh, well, what happened to your Melaleuca business? You're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not really a salesperson. And people are like, oh, okay. And it's like, end a conversation instead of being like, oh, well, I was part of this like massive conspiracy to like, you know, fuel money to the top because it's a pyramid scheme. It's interesting because you didn't realize that MLM was like this construct and this whole thing. And you found it by listening to a Scientology podcast which led mm-hmm. you to a Nexium podcast, which you were like, wait a second, this person's been twice. Like, oh, I'm going to check this out. It wasn't the intention, right? You found this by seeking out other things and you still came back to MLM, which is another reason why I tell other stories too that are not just MLM because it's like beating people out and in and having this open communication that you're able to see the similarities in these things and make these connections and be like, oh my gosh, I just, I, I think it's really interesting that even though that wasn't a theme of our conversation, it sort of became a theme of the conversation that you were led to conclusions from other sources that you never yeah. would have thought would have connected, but they did. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I understood that people called it network marketing or a pyramid scheme or ML. Like I understood all of that. I just didn't make the connection of like, the recruiting and the, you know, the markup of products, you know, going to other distributors. And to me, it was just like, it was direct sales. I'm like, you you just get a network of people that are selling. And I don't know, it just didn't click with me. I, I don't know why until I started listening to and education, a lot of education. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's designed to be so complicated and convoluted and hard to understand and people just go, oh yeah, whatever. And they pretend that they understand because they don't want to look like the stupid, I hate to use the word stupid, but they don't want to look like the stupid person who didn't ask the questions earlier. Because at some point in the line of, I don't know what's going on, there comes that line that you cross of like, I should have asked by now. And so once you cross that line of like, well, it's too late to ask what we're doing now, you sort of just play along with it. Totally. 
And there was things, of course, I saw that I was like, I'm not good with that. I'm not okay with that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. But again, you know, going sort of back up to my upbringing, I, I wasn't taught to, you know, speak up if something feels uncomfortable. You have your parents, you listen to your parents, and that's all there is, right? You don't question authority. You just stay the course. And if something doesn't feel right, well, too fucking bad. Because, I mean, we know what we're doing and what we're talking about. And in and, and an MLM, you're just following your upline. Do what they say. They're not... I was discouraged from going on the internet and listening to the haters. Fuck, I hate that term now. <laughs> like, yeah, if you want to call me a hater, I definitely am. If you want to talk to me about why, I will tell you why. But personal development, going to meetings, bringing people to meetings, going to conventions, this is your education in an MLM. There is no encouragement of, you know, look and see for yourself. Do your own research. It's like, no, don't look over there. Look over here. And that goes back to like the bite model. It is. It's, I just think it's a very interesting connection and I'm so glad that you're here and I'm so glad that you made those connections and you were able to see the similarities and you were like, I need to send Roberta a message. Yeah. I want to publicly apologize to anyone I've approached in a creepy, weird way because that wasn't me. You have to know that I became a different person in that MLM. That's not my personality. That's not how I talk. And so sorry to anyone who I approached and to also really bring to light people that are listening and, and thinking like, like you, I'm sure when you started this podcast is like, if I reached one person, well, now I'm that one person I'm you've helped many, many, many people. I'm sure I'm a hundred percent sure of that. It's Someone's a pyramid scheme of helping. I help, right? which helps others to help others and others help others. And that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Don't be embarrassed. I mean, I mean, whatever, be embarrassed, feel your shame, whatever, but we've all been there. There's nothing that anyone else is feeling that we haven't felt right. Embarrassed, cringy, all the things. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious, are you ready to do some rapid fire questions? Yeah. What is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Can I cheat? Because I have three. Sure. Yeah. I feel, let's make it a pyramid. <laughs> Three sides. I really feel like it is inauthentic. It is disingenuine and it is predatory. I'll and, I can't, and I can't say one of those because it is to me, you can't say one without including the others. Give me a warning to somebody that wants to join an MLM. Mm, other than don't, <laughs> please, please, please. A lot of the things that we do in life, we, we're looking at at both sides, right? If you're getting plastic surgery or, you know, you're making a big purchase or whatever, you want to make informed decisions. MLM shouldn't be any different. Make an informed decision. You have to read and listen to other people. Educate yourself. Read Ponzi-nomics, listen to YouTubers like Josie, listen to your podcast and listen to the others, like educate yourself. Do not just listen to one-sided propaganda from the MLM that you want to join. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Uh, anything, health, wellness, or beauty. Yeah. If we are starting to get into people's heads with regards to their body image or serious health issues, if you're trying to claim that you can help this, that, or the other, and people have serious health issues when you are not in any way, shape, or form educated to do so or knowledgeable, just that, that all that shit has to stop that health, wellness, beauty, 
self-image, especially with young women, that has got to stop. I've got a, a teenager that is going to be 16 next month. And I, I just want all that shit to stop. Like that you need to look this way or, or have this or eat this or drink that. That's all nonsense. What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? Mm, that's a really good one. It's a tough one. Eh? A lot of people get stuck on this one. <laughs> I really like and can and empathize with April's that, you know, I'm that person, like I, I am that gullible night or that I was that person that I'm working on it. Like any addict, I, like I'm working on it. I also did not learn to trust myself. I just went along with whatever people said and told me and I felt like I didn't have a voice and I didn't put boundaries up and I was just led down the, the wrong path. And give me a positive takeaway from your time in MLM. You know, as horrible as it was, I did enjoy the travel. <laughs> I did enjoy going to North Carolina. I did, despite the food poisoning, enjoy LA. It, it was scary at times, but it was, it, I mean, I was there with my best friend. We did end up having a good time. and did some of the things that we wanted to do. I went to the Santa Monica Pier. I'd never been there. Would I have gone there if I didn't go? I, I like, I don't know, it, but that was fun. That was fun. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you uh, were able to come and share your story with us. I know there thank are people you. out there just like you who are feeling the exact same way. And I'm glad that they um, have an episode they can relate to now. Thank you. Thank you, Roberta. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told. Hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>